Hello and welcome to uh, Hume Conversations. Uh, my name is Garth Prentice and I'm here with Mike Baker from the Mike Baker Organ Trio. Hello Garth, nice <laughs> to be with you. It's always nice to be with you Mike. You're my first repeat guest <laughs> and I'm very excited. I'm being retreaded. <laughs> retreaded. Yes, well it's because you've got so much gear going on, you've got so much stuff going on. I play uh, in the Mike Baker Organ Trio with you. Then, we have yes. exciting news. We have we have had a big week last week. Uh, if that's what you want to talk about first, I'm happy to talk about our big week. Uh, last week we were happy to learn that we were the recipients of a creative arts scholarship that was awarded to us by Violia um, Violia Malwari Trust. Mm-hmm. And uh, how happy were that because uh, we about that because that enables us to do the recording that we'd planned. We've been plan- planning to record an album's worth of original tunes this year, and this certainly prevents us having to put our hand too far into our pocket. <laughs> and we're very pleased anyway. I'm going to acknowledge here the wonderful support and what that's going to do for our motivation and incentive. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 pretty life changing, or life changing for the band to be able to uh, go into a recording studio without kind of any any money restraints, which is interesting. Normally, you have to get in there very quickly, in and out, because you're spending your hard earned cash. Um, and I think this will give us the, the opportunity to do a little bit more production on the on the pieces mm-hmm. and think about the arrangements and and put a little bit more uh, musicianship and some and some of our compositional t- skills to the test mm-hmm. that's yeah. right arrangement wise yep yeah it'll be fun because we've we've been doing some uh, some some original tunes at our gigs we which have has been, been nice yeah, yeah, handful. yep and they've been going okay mm-hmm People have been enjoying them. That's right. They they still clap. They politely clap after our <laughs> after we drag ourselves away from no, the covers that they know. That's right. No one's come and thumped <laughs> the stage and demanded their money back. <laughs> no. Do you have a um, a favourite piece that we're playing at the moment? I'm enjoying playing um, your little jig piece. Mm. Uh, we've got we've probably got equal parts, haven't we? You've got about three tunes. I've got about three tunes. Mm up there that we're playing at the moment and uh, they're coming along nicely i enjoy playing them all of course because uh uh well the big factor here is not just the material but the professional musicians that professional the level of professional musicianship i'm going to say that uh i'm afforded by working with you two young pups (laughs) me and thomas dawson that is that's right yeah my little bro from uh from newcastle He's That's come right. up and lives in Canberra now. That's right. Very tidy drummer is our Thomas. Mm. The uh, speaking of the jig, I I wrote a piece uh, earlier this year or end of last year called "The Jig Is Up." Um, it's based around a, a six-eight rhythm. I think that us compared to some of the other organ trios like uh, Cooking on Three Burners or Delvon Lamar Trio. Mm-hmm. I think it's separate. I think doing these type of songs separates us from those guys a little bit, although it's such a niche genre mm-hmm. anyway. Yeah. Um, the I really enjoy your push, and initially I don't think I did into doing some like ballads and uh, and 
alternate pieces of music. We do some Latin stuff and and uh, those sort of things. And initially, I was like, "Why are we doing these ballads for? This is supposed to be a funk, mm. a funk thing, and funk for three hours." But funk for three hours, is which a bit it intense. can be, it can yeah. be funk. And I, I think traditionally, organ trios have been thought of to be. Um, as you say, funky outfits, mm. or they do a lot of um, swing with the you know walking left hand bass and this kind of thing. Um, and what they used to do back, and where this is where we're picking up the the trail again, is that organ trios back in the day used to also take pop tunes mm-hmm. and do what we're doing now: throw away the lyrics and the and <laughs> throw away the arrangement and. Put a sprinkle a little bit of funky dust on top of it, and come up with a restylized version of um, a pop tune or a standard. Uh, of course, we're going beyond that now with the original material, and as you say, that yours is almost Celtic sounding. Yeah, and it's 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 something that I hadn't maybe thought of within the the ensemble that we have because we have we have the the. Ensemble is made up of, th- it's a trio. It's uh, Mike plays the organ with left-hand bass and I play guitar and Thomas plays drums and that's all it is and we have to work out these instrumental pieces around mm-hmm. that. And so that lends yourself really nicely to that those those funk pieces that have very uh, rhythmic, repetitive systems within them. Mm-hmm. And we're starting to or have been from the start, go into these these kind of longer ballads that have longer forms. Um, and and with this this piece in particular, it's a it's in in six eight and it, it's got this big long form mm-hmm. um, and straight away puts you in that, as you say, Celtic um, theme. Well, and right. and yep, you know, sections, Mike, yep. the Celts didn't they didn't have organs. No, but they they had windblown <laughs> oh, yeah, no, that's... instruments of war, didn't they? Yeah, they come so. over, the, over the hills blasting their pipes and drums. Mm. Actually, that's how that song starts. When you think about the introduction, people won't have heard this unless they've been to one of our gigs. Yeah, but the, that little introduction that we play before the melody comes in is almost like pipes and drums. And I'm thinking to myself, here they come, they're coming over the hill. Coming over the hill, we're coming to war. Maybe we should put it at the start of our gigs. The do you have a because of the approach that you have to take with the organ, was there any what what thought process did you do to write the little part that you've got underneath my melody? Um, I think it applies to anything that you're doing where you're playing two hands. You've got an advantage in that you can create patterns that are the kind of patterns that you would play if you were, say, sitting down at a, a, a set of bongos and you've got one hand on one drum and the other and the hands create a groove between yeah. them, that's very hard to approximate if one person's playing the right hand and one person's playing the left hand. Mm-hmm. But when the same person is able to create the rhythm between the hands, it sort of integrates, I like to think of it, it integrates the bass and the, and the top part Mm-hmm. Um, and so, generally, what I'm looking for is, I guess, essentially what a uh, what a drummer looks for too—the way of creating that rhythmic groove between between the limbs. Mm. Yeah, because I I would assume that 
the approach that you have to take to that song is different to the the funk ones that we're doing. Well, that's right. It's a different feel. Dun, dun, yeah, dun, and dun. it's and it's something that maybe hasn't. I mean, I'm not sure, but has that has that that feel? Have have you ever had to do that with anything else on the organ? Hmm. Um, offhand, no. Mm, most of my playing with organ, you, you don't play a lot of left hand when you're playing in a rock band or a club band or something like mm-hmm. that. You're generally using both hands to voice the chords and you've got a bass player taking care of the bass. No, only really since we've been in a trio configuration as have these things presented themselves as opportunities. Yeah. But, um, I'm a piano player before I'm an organist, or at least I have been historically, and uh, certainly enjoying being an organist. Um, but uh, I think you get that hand independence from being a piano player that allows you to adapt into a two-handed player. Yeah. Yeah. So I suppose what, in finishing my point, I think that those different uh, genres of music are pushing our the the medium of the organ trio in some different directions. Which well, that, and that's what we're looking at exploring on our album, as yet untitled. Yeah, yeah. That we're going to be working on because it's going to be like a chocolate box. <laughs> is that? It's not going to be all. It's not going to be all funk. It's not going to be all swing. It's, mm. There's going to be Latin inspired tunes there. There's going to be a Celtic inspired tune, and uh, so it'll be it'll be a mixed bag, definitely. Mm. It'll be an interesting little experience. And because we we're, we've got some gigs coming up, which is very nice. We just played at the Golden Club, and we're mm-hmm. aiming to do a few more of those. We're uh, playing so at the Old Canberra Inn. We've got to tell people about that on the 29th of May. Yeah, yeah. Four till seven, Garth. Mm-hmm. Four till seven. <laughs> nice Sunday afternoon. Beautiful be really Sunday groovy. afternoon at the Old Canberra Inn. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so other than those sort of things coming up, I mean, the the gig on Friday night was pretty fun. Oh, I enjoyed it immensely. Yeah. Mm. It uh, previous to this, we have had a little bit of time off due to COVID, and then the gigs that we've done have been at festivals. Mm-hmm. And so basically, you have to you have to jump on stage. You got five minutes to set your gear yeah, up, and then yeah, you quickly yeah. yell at the sound guys what you yeah. what you want. And then in the first song, you go, "No, you didn't turn that on." Although our sound guys have been pretty good the last last couple of times, which has been haven't really we lovely. been lucky? That's right. Yeah, yeah terrific. Um, the Let's give Tim a call out here too for oh, last yes, Friday Tim. night. <laughs> Tim uh, did some sound for us at the at the Golden Club on Friday night and uh, saved us from someone had turned the fold back <laughs> off in some back end place in the on the digital desk. So I'm scratching my head. But what? I, yeah. <laughs> uh, Sound guys. <laughs> Sound guys. And the gigs that we we're doing, I think it was quite nice on Friday to actually have like a proper sound check. Mm. And to be able to go, oh yeah, this is working. I like because we set up and and did that and kind of had a half hour sound check, which is mm. unheard of in the in mm. like a small set world or even yep. when you're playing with bands. Sometimes when you go into a venue, there's people in there. Mm. There's people in that venue, they're having dinner, they're doing whatever. If you're being hired by a pub or a club, and so you can't sit there 
for 10 minutes and tell the drummer to hit the snare over and over again. Let's get this sounding perfectly. Mm-hmm. Oh, Mike, can you turn your organ up as far as it'll go so we can see <laughs> where it where it peaks out? Yeah. Can't just blow someone's dinner no. off their plate while they're eating. And so we were... I must admit I have a fondness for those gigs where you're playing in a little room. Yeah. You don't need a monster PA. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're just using your own instruments. Yeah. I yeah. do have a fondness for those gigs too. They are they are good, but it's nice to <laughs> it it's is. nice to have a sound check. It's yeah. nice to have a big sound. Yes. I mean, at at uh, one of the festivals that we just did, one of the, there was a light stand on the back. Remember? And I and I was sitting on my amp, and I bent over and I touched this light stand, and it wasn't hooked up to anything. The bloody and thing fell over. over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it just those are the things when you're in a rush. It, it's uh, not handy when a whole light stand falls over. And we said that wasn't documented. Well, <laughs> I'm not sure about that. <laughs> I don't need any compilations of me, my butt knocking over a light stand, no. just floating around for the rest of my life. Oh, we just told everyone about it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> mm. But it puts a it puts a dampener on on where you perform at, and there's a certain. Do you have like a a headspace that you get into before you perform? I I haven't witnessed it, Mike. You. Uh, you mentioned to me on the weekend mm-hmm. of my state of mind when I'm setting up um, and doing my tech stuff. Well, I think I, I think I know when I'm not needed or appreciated. <laughs> and is that a headspace? Is that the kind of headspace? <laughs> I'm, not sure. I'm not talking about my headspace. I, I'm talking about I, yours. I think I'm, I'm in no use. I'm of no use in this particular um, problem-solving, troubleshooting situation that's going on. <laughs> So I'll just pull my head in. Mm. No, a headspace before you play. Um, Favourite piano player of mine, Joe Sample from the Crusaders. He he was asked that same question. And he said, I like to have a drink, a nice cold drink to hold in my hand. He said, uh, and I might have a second one before I go on. Well, that, that's, not, that's not me. I, I might have a drink before I go on. But he was just talking about... Um, being in a chilled frame of mind, like it probably put him in the situation of actually being at the gig to enjoy it mm. rather than to perform at it. Mm. So to be backstage and just be feel as though you're at the gig to enjoy it. Mm. Yes, because because speaking of Tim, he's we had a um, we had a little hangout before the gig and sat around for an hour and chatted and things. And mm. I said, can we well can we do it on Friday before the gig? when we were trying to organise it, and he goes, oh, yeah, as long as that doesn't interfere with your pre-gig ritual, is what he said. Mm. And I've I've heard of this term and and have thought about it to some degree, but it's not a... Most of my pre-gig ritual is rocking up to a pub and then setting up and then yeah. going, okay, I've got five minutes to take a photo, and then, then I'm on. I think, yes, that's right. And I think mm. pre-gig rituals are possible... If you're walking on, someone hands you a guitar and your plectrum and you play, mm. and you haven't had to worry about the myriad of things that that can uh, become an issue before you play. Mm. So the, these people that have pre-gig rituals, I think they also have a good support staff that uh, yeah, make sure yeah. everything and, and give them that window to be able to stand around and have what is a group hug and all that yeah. sort of stuff <laughs> <laughs> maybe we should implement a group hug before well, our we can talk about it, yeah. right? talk about it. <laughs> mm, i um when i was studying at tafe um grant warmsley from the screaming jets was one of our tutors which mm. was nice and he would talk about 
the mindset that he has to get into before a gig and he can't he was saying he doesn't he doesn't want to be in the crowd he doesn't want to be talking to people it's mm. it's he wants to go from the green room to the stage blast out this gig and then then you're done then socialize then then yeah maybe yep. you might pack up and then go and have an hour and then go socialize or something I'll cry like in that. a corner yeah <laughs> <laughs> cry in a corner yes indeed and uh, there was someone else oh uh Tommy Emmanuel, I was I heard an interview of him the other day and he was talking about something that I hadn't considered really and was lacking this a lot, which was um, have you had enough sleep? Have you had enough food? Mm. Have you are you have you had enough rest that day to be able to go and do your mm. gig? And that that mindset has changed I only heard heard about this at the end of last year and it's just absolutely changed yeah. how I feel about gigs and how when I'm playing them, how long I can play for yes. and, and yes, how I feel at the yet. end of a set. Um, yeah. That and a mixture of I've really tried hard to put like a, a warm-up routine in, especially mm. my singing, um, and just the, just how much better I feel mm. after, because sometimes I'm doing three, four hours, mm-hmm. and yeah. just how at the end of the gig I used to be just wrecked, mm. and it's because I was doing... A full day's work, and then that's driving right. for two hours, yeah. and then setting up for an hour, and then and then jumping into my gig. That's You've four hours. You've expended a lot of nervous energy too during the gig. Yeah, yeah. I and mean, that, it's it's incredibly that's draining. That's good. That advice. And when Tommy Emmanuel speaks, you listen. Yeah, <laughs> he's got a few clues. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It is interesting. It's. Uh, when was the last time you cried after a gig, Mike? Cried after a gig? It's yeah. my party and I'll cry if I want to. <laughs> uh, it's never come to that, actually. When was the last time I had a downer, though, on a gig? Um, that's a good question. Generally speaking, it's where you have little control. Mm-hmm. So because you're ready to do your bit and something goes wrong technically... Or you're in a, a band and there might be, you might be just one cog in the wheel or one one wheel in the machine, whatever, one cog in the machine. And um, the, the total performance has been, um, hasn't met your expectations. If I'm playing solo on my own and there's no technical issues, or if I'm playing in a little group like a three-piece, I, I don't tend to have too much to worry about. But it's, it's technical things. The bigger the show gets, the more can go wrong. I remember playing in a band in Sydney once where no one told me, we were all working off charts, but no one told me that the, um, the key had changed for the song and it was counted in. It was a big crowd. It was Blacktown um, League Club or whatever it is, the big club out there at Blacktown ticketed show and um, my monitors weren't in place to hear myself and so I'm merrily playing away and what's going out front of house was a whole tone below (laughs) what the rest of the band was playing. I felt pretty bad about that but that was out of my control. Mm. Generally, yeah, lack of control is my issue. (laughs) 
I'll I'll get to a crying one in a second. <laughs> but out of key an out of key song, we um we used to do a Tuesday night here with a band called The Hang. Yep. Um, and we would we'd have a youth act do the first set, then The Hang would do a set, and then the third set was uh uh like a jam or a almost an open mic with the band behind mm-hmm. it. And two girls got up to sing, and it was a song that they'd known. And one, just a side note, one thing I find very interesting about singers is there's kind of two ways to learn. You learn within within reference or matching pitch, or you learn a set of where your vocals go, mm-hmm. and you just sing the same notes every time, mm-hmm. which is very like perfect pitch. Not not perfect pitch, but yeah. you it, when you learn a song, you can't change key. Yeah, yes, you learn the mu- you learn whether uh, whether muscles are. Set. Yeah, 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 which which is very foreign to to yes, me. Yes. I couldn't that all of my vocal ability is based off mm. the the chord that's being played. Mm. And so these two girls get up and they'd they'd learned a song for their HSC or something like that, or mm. or they were at a party or like to do karaoke. Want to choose one? It's uh, and they got up and they were like, "We're playing this song." And I'm like, "Yeah, I know that song. We'll uh, we'll we start it off." And uh, they had learned it in a different key and were singing it together in the wrong key. And our uh, our singer Kavan uh, comes up to me and goes, "They're singing in the wrong key." Here's where it is, and he sung at the same key as them into my ear, mm. so I could change the chords mm. and just suit the key that mm. they're playing in, mm. and then advise the rest of the band. Mm. That was a that was a mojo moment of mine, Mike. That uh, I managed to. Mm. I have no idea how I did that. It was incredible. You did the kind of thing. I remember Jeff Harvey, who used to be the music director. He passed away a few years ago. Um, he used to be the music director on the midday show, mm-hmm. and also on um, oh, what was it? Um, one of the one of the talent shows, anyway. That used to be anyway. Singers would come on, and he'd be accompanying them on piano. <laughs> and oftentimes, you just hear him wandering around, and he'd find their key. Ah, yes. He'd, he'd start off, and they'd be somewhere, and he would find them pretty quickly. It's mm. a wonderful skill to have. I mean, it can. Yeah, I mean, it can easily go pretty wrong. Those yeah. sort of situations. Anyway, I didn't. I, <laughs> I told you about this previously, but um, I did a, a stand-up show, um, just an open mic. I do stand-up as a little mm. little hobby around, and I prepared my little set. Um, and I was driving through Newcastle and did this stand-up set, um, just a little five-minuter, and uh, I made this mistake of playing my guitar. And the the thing is, I'm quite good at guitar. And so when people hear me play guitar, they want me to play more mm-hmm. guitar. And I play guitar as a job. And the stand-up mm-hmm. stuff is like a release from playing guitar all the time. It's a hobby rather than a career. And so I was like, oh, I'll play a little funny song. Um, it's quite nerve-wracking. I get very nervous before my stand-up sets. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I did it and it went okay. Then I did the song and it went great. And uh, one of the people in the crowd goes, play another song, <laughs> which is the worst. I wanted them to say that was really funny or something like that. But instead, they're like, hey, you know that music stuff you do? It's way better than your stand-up. How about you do some more of that? Yeah. And there wasn't many people there. And the, the host was like, yeah, man, if you want to do a, another song, that's fine. Anyway, so I have, I, have, I have a few songs that I've written and performed a thousand times. 
and I went into the riff at the start of the song and I hit the first chord of where I was supposed to sing. I sung the first line. The rest of the song was blank. I, mm. I, I just, it was, I haven't had a moment like that in six years probably, mm. six to eight years where I've had to stop a song. Bet you it never happens on a pub gig or anything like that. No, no, (laughs) no, it's crazy. (laughs) And then I went, it it was just, I I think it's because I hadn't thought it through. Hmm. I think it's because I didn't, I hadn't thought through what I wanted to do. And uh, they threw it up and I was like, I'm a professional musician. I can play another song if I want. And just, it just was obviously full of adrenaline from Mm -hmm. the, from doing stand-up and, and didn't have the brain capacity to, yeah. to think about anything outside of, hey, I want to get off this stage and <laughs> just yeah. chill out for a second. Yeah. yeah. What a nightmare. It can still happen. Oh, brain fades are out there, aren't they? They're just around the corner if you're not careful. <sighs> oh, yes. Yeah. I played one time with, uh, 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 with a little group where there was a bit of a brain fade going on and I remember the one thing I thought was, as I looked around, I don't think anyone here knows me. <laughs> uh, that's how I consoled myself. <laughs> yeah, it's super interesting. I remember that's just taking me back to a thought of when I set up for my first gigs. I used to play in a little rock and roll band in Tamworth and um, we used to have big ring binder folders that mm. uh, would have our, all our songs in it. And before every gig, I would take the ring binder folder apart and put it back together in the, in the order, order that yeah. we were we were playing, and uh, and that would take a half hour. Yeah, it was crazy. And then we'd go, "This is the song," and then we'd play for three hours and hope that we could make it to the end of three hours because yeah. we didn't have enough songs. And hope you didn't get a detour by someone. Yeah, yeah. Coming up with a request. <laughs> oh, we didn't do we didn't <laughs> do, do requests request, back yeah. in those days. Actually, I think I used to I used to try to do requests, and then I was banned. From doing requests because I'd go, I think I know that song. I think I know that chord progression. <laughs> then I try to do it, <laughs> which was horrible. The, you know, that must have been a while ago because you seem to handle those situations really well now. Yeah, it's uh, the old hecklers are yeah. are quite fun. Yeah, um, that's right. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Mm. Going back a, to 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 yeah. stand up a little bit, people always say, "How do you deal with hecklers?" But that's the least intimidating for me that mm. part it's remembering my material and mm. making sure my jokes are funny and doing all those things well we're looking forward to you doing exactly that again and we won't be coming along for the possibility that <laughs> there could be a trade <laughs> because you're going to be doing some stand-up i believe i think so yeah uh i don't know when the date for that is oh, okay. or anything oh, I think there's uh I probably have that in my calendar Sometime here somewhere. Sometime in the next month or two? Yeah. July? It's on a on a Saturday night. Let me check this thing out. It's the guy from Rocky and Bullwinkle. I think he did the voices for Rocky and uh, Bullwinkle oh, is this in Keith, America. Keith Sterling? Yeah. Is that what we're talking about? Keith, uh, or is it Sterling? No, I'm thinking of the saxophone player, Keith Sterling. Yeah, yeah. Keith Scott? It's August 13th. Yep. And he's doing some voice, a voice show, I yeah. think. Oh, I don't have the message here. But I believe he did some American TV show and um, mm-hmm. and is playing at the Golden Club. 
But August 13th, that's still a long, still a fair while away. So I'm going to yes, put yeah. a little, uh, some stand up together for that. And I think too, some of your, or some of our listeners might remember uh, how green was my cactus, which was a long running radio show here, which he did all the voice parts for. Oh yes, very very talented voice artist, very funny guy. Yeah, that's going to be that's going to be super great. It's because mm. uh, Jeff White. Has found him. Yes. Is he from Sydney? Is he living in Sydney or in the Highlands or something like that? Doesn't matter. It's well, going to be at the Golden Club. Well, on Jeff the, does a lot of shows in Sydney, so he probably mm. runs these things. Jeff, of course, is a sound guy with White Noise Pro Audio. Mm. Mm. Yeah, we'll get him on here one day. We'll chat to him about. <laughs> yeah. Put a headlock on him and get him in front of the microphone. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. <laughs> All righty, uh, Mike. You've got lots of events and things going on. We better do some plugs before we uh, wrap this wrap this thing up and okay. uh, tell us about what you get up to during the week and what you want to promote for the future. And oh, um, I'm at the moment doing two live streams. Although I'm going to scale that back a bit. We started this off right at the start of lockdown, in the beginning of 2020, because we couldn't go into the aged care centres and facilities um, in association with Goldwyn uh, Hume Conservatorium, I do a weekly live stream into the care sector. Anyone can watch it. It's on the Hume Conservatorium Facebook page. It's just called Monday Morning Melodies, and it's me for an hour. And um, if things go wrong, no one can shout at me back through the <laughs> microphone. So... Um, I don't have those issues if I have a brain fade. We just have a bit of dead air for a while. I do that on a Monday. Um, Tuesdays is teaching at the con for me. I've got a little uh, five saxophone students there and we have a saxophone quartet or saxophone choir now. We've got more than four. Uh, Tuesday nights is concert band where I'm playing baritone sax. Uh, Wednesdays I do more teaching. That's, that's my piano teaching day. Um, Thursdays I drink coffee with some old buddies um, and, and once a month on Thursdays And once a month on Thursdays at the Goulburn Club Running a traditional jazz and blues night um, For anyone that cares to come along That's the second Thursday of every month And then on the following Saturday Also the second week of the month uh, We do the tunes that we've practised on Thursday night We play them on Saturday afternoon This is in the Goulburn Club between two and four and when i'm lucky enough to have an organ trio gig <laughs> i'm out i'm out with those wonderful gentlemen garth who i'm talking to now and thomas yeet thomas dawson um that's so the, the mike a, baker organ trio mike baker organ. Oh, oh and should we also mention that with um your better half kiva we have a little steampunk group that's going to be playing same day that we're going to be doing the Old Canberra Inn gig. Uh, there's a steaming at Goulburn Waterworks, and we're going to be playing in front of that great big, great big wheel that turns around in the engine house there. Yeah. We're going to be playing some um, pretty. What would you say? Well, How would you describe what we do? It's uh, theme tunes, I think, mostly. Yes. Mm. Walking around, it's like uh, video game music. Like video, we play a bit of video game music, but we mm -hmm. do it. In a sort of a strange... In a Celtic style. Oh, sometimes, I guess some of it is, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, generally speaking, it's um, guitar, flute.
flute and or trumpet and baritone sax. Mm. And then we get to fill that big space with some unusual sound. We do everything from King Crimson and craft work through to Henry Purcell. Yeah. So uh, That'll be fun. It's a mixed bag. That, yes, that's on the 29th, I believe about 10.30 in the morning at the Goldman Waterworks. Love to see you there if you're into something very different. Yeah. Mike, you're a busy boy. Well, I haven't got that to myself, have yeah. I? <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for coming and talking to me and making some time. Always a pleasure, Garth. And, Always uh, a pleasure. And we'll catch you next time. We sure will. And um, should I be asking you questions too? I'm the interviewer here. Sure. No, go. Okay. <laughs> what, yeah. what question you got? Oh, what have, what have I got on? You, you, you have students pretty much every day by Friday, don't you? Yeah, yeah. My teaching schedule's pretty pretty full at the moment, but uh, call up the Hume Conservatorium and you can book in for those things. And you've got yourself pretty much involved with the Goulburn Club now. Uh, I, I love the Goulburn Club and uh, I... Involved? Uh, yeah. I loved playing at the Golden Club and we've got some uh, exciting events coming up. I mean, I, Kiva and I are going to show up at the open mics. It's always really lovely on the second Friday of tonight. the month. It's tonight. Yeah, tonight, so that'll yeah. be fun. Uh, from next month also, I'm doing the first weekend of each month as a Garth and Friends. Mm. So there'll be some mm. pretty hectic musos coming in and playing with us on mm. a Friday. Um, yeah, that's what i got going on. Mm. All right, we'll catch you guys later. Bye. Thank you, Matt. And thank you, everybody out there. We'll see you somewhere. Thank you for listening to this episode of Hume Conversations. My name is Garth Prentice. If you would like to check out any of Hume Conservatorium's ensembles, workshops, or tutoring, please check out our website, humeconservatorium.com.au. We always have awesome things going on uh, you can sign up for our mailing list and you can check out any of the awesome performances that are going on here at the hume conservatorium we'll catch you guys next time